Hey everyone, Wilmgard here with Minnie. Hey. And this is the FFBE podcast. Coming in a little later than usual this week, but let's kick it off as we normally do. What have you been up to so far, Minnie? Not too much. I've been leveling or awakening the abilities of my units. I have way too much money, so any chance I get, I've been farming the Axstar bonus stages and just pumping money and, and crests into units. What about you? I have been focusing on the raid mostly. Uh, that was the, that's what I've spent most of my time doing. I've been doing some of the Axstar event. I cleared it fully, but I haven't been farming it like crazy. Oddly enough, I had some stuff left over in the rerun event, which we'll talk about a little bit as well. So I've been farming that. Yeah, so lots of farming. This week is a week of many orbs, so it's been busy, I guess. Yeah, I had a... I think I have five 1% trust moogles still left in the old event, but I'm too lazy to set up a team, so I'm just going to let it go. <laughs> <laughs> trust trust master, like the 1%s are so abundant. Yeah, the 1%. That's not even that exactly. Big a deal. That's, I just don't care. It's not worth the hassle. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. Other than that, not much going on. Uh, no, nothing I've pulled recently that's notable. Unfortunately, what about you? Yeah, same here. Just blues and yellows. Blue and yellows galore. Zero rainbows. All right, with that, uh, not much happening last week, but a lot going on this week. So let's get into the show. Alright guys, the first thing we'll be talking about is the rerun event, just briefly mentioning that the Final Fantasy VI farming event, King Mog event, is here, it's back, Transterra uh, is your 5 star highest tier bonus unit, I'm sure a lot of people have the others like Setzer and Kefka and whatnot, I get Kefkas like every day it seems like, so... Not much that you can get here if you've already done it because it was not refreshed. So only things that you have left over from last time. If you didn't get them, you do have a chance to get them. Or if you're new, you can take advantage of some things in here. There's a couple half-decent pieces of equipment for brand new players, but nothing good for people who have been playing for a while. Yeah, I mean... It's a rerun. It was nice to them. I think they put Transterra as a bonus unit as well, which I know a few people have, so should be easy farming if you haven't farmed it. If you have, it's just ignore it. There's <laughs> there's nothing new in there. Exactly. Some other things that are going on besides that are the free polls uh, happening on the weekend, which uh, at the time of release of this episode will be either today is the last day for this weekend set of free polls, but either way, don't forget to do that on the weekends. We also have a brand new raid and set of units coming in. We're getting, I think, our first set of orders besides Hio. Is that wrong? That is correct. I believe well, I mean, they Axtar are the first. technically as well, but besides They are Hio the second set of orders. <laughs> yeah. And they're coming with a raid. Uh, the raid event is called The Orders and the Magitech Ruins. Now, the weird thing about this is that they don't really give you any story that goes along with this. It's very confusing to me as to where this even came from. Yeah, the 
I think pretty much every raid since pretty much Bahamut, the original one, has been just going down in terms of story. I think the Final Fantasy fourteen maybe had a bit of story talking during them. Maybe not. I don't remember. They did because they were talking about the different uh, primals and whatnot. I think the last one we had was Garuda. But I mean, even if you look at Xenogears, none of the raids that we've had in recent memory have had any story at all with them. It's just, here's a generic monster, kill it, get your coins, roll it. It feels like it's just a very, very lazy way to do events. It really is, and it's it's disappointing because when the raids come out, it's nice. We're getting lots of free stuff, lots of free money, free experience, etc. Sometimes some decent pieces of equipment. But when there's no story to go along with it, it's hard to motivate myself or to get into it, really. And like with something like this, it's relating directly to the main storyline. Obviously, it's an offshoot. I'm sure it's not going to be directly impacting, but it'd be nice to know what it's about. You know, like build some of the lore. Yeah, why are we attacking a random door? Why is this door alive? It makes (laughs) zero sense. Um, I feel like King Mog events and raid events are probably the worst two events. They're just grind fests in, in that sense. They give you very little story. King Mog gives you a little bit, but not, you know, a few generic text bubbles here and there. And it just, I feel like the focus is too much on grinding and on the uh, rewards. And they've completely lost touch with the story element, which is why a lot of us even play this game to begin with. Because, I mean, nobody signs up for Farming Simulator, you know, 2019. We, We want that rpg element to be there as well yeah exactly it would it would go a long way to add just a little bit of story into these raids i get it the raid type battles are not really conducive to storytelling but even just the text bubbles was more than more than good enough in comparison to nothing but I mean, you could do it. It, sh- it shouldn't be too hard, right? Like you have all the way from beginner to elite where every time you clear it, you can reveal a little bit of the story. I mean, even when you look at the uh, Easter story, they had these little bubbles where you could figure out that Esther was trying to take on this exterminator or whatever, right? And that was a similar sort of raid style event, even though it took energy, but you basically fought a raid boss and it was fine it just give it some backstory for why we're doing it like why am i fighting this random door yeah that's that would be very helpful i don't know but, i just find it boring when there's nothing pretty yeah, much yeah like give give me something to get me excited about yego and nagi the two five star units don't just put a random door there and be like kill this guys here's some more units <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty silly overall, to be honest. It doesn't make any sense. I welcome raids, but it's becoming more and more of a slog trying to get through them because it doesn't add anything to my world. Yeah, exactly. I feel like it's a missed opportunity to expand some of the lore in ways that maybe you don't have time to do during the main story. Also, when it's collaboration events i understand that there's not a lot of storytelling like you're not going to do like mini cutscenes or anything like that some text bubbles help a lot just to build some context as to what's going on 
But if they're doing raids for FFB exclusive stuff, I think they could take advantage and just put like even just like one small 10 second cutscene of the orders walking up to this thing or something. I don't know, like anything, you know, they have the sprites, they have everything. I'm sure it wouldn't be too difficult to put it together. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it would be too much effort to do, but who knows? Enough about that rant. There are four pieces of equipment coming in this raid that you are able to craft. Are you excited about any of them, Mini? To be honest, no. Uh, the accessory is pretty good. It's it's not amazing, but it's pretty good. The yin-yang ornament. Sorry, I should say there's two accessories. Um, that's sort of the special one that you can craft only one of for this time. It'll give you a decent amount of HP, 25 attack, 25 mag, not terrible on hybrid units. Uh, for magic users and for physical DPS, there's better accessories, but overall it's not awful for hybrids. Yeah, it's actually decent, especially coming with 100 HP with the two other stats and a little bit of MP. Um, like you said, there are better things, but given how easy it is to get this, it's going to be pretty handy for a lot of people. And getting some of those hybrid unit accessories and equipments, it can be pretty difficult. Yeah, but I mean, other than that, there's nothing really in there. The sword and gun are utterly forgettable. Uh, the dog tag accessory is basically 20% attack defense, which is not fantastic, but I guess could see some use for the newest of the new. Yeah, I was going to say the dog tag could be useful for some newer players. The other two pieces are just complete trash, and you can forget about them, really, unless you're a collector like me, in which case you get one of everything at least. So, Besides that, don't forget to do your raid summons to get those materials you need to craft those pieces of equipment, because you can only get them through the raid summon. So farm it up if you are trying to collect them or make a bunch of them take advantage while the raid is here now the raid comes with four units we mentioned earlier um, one three star base a four star base and two five stars on the banner they are the orders that we actually i think we've defeated all of them up until now some of them have joined us but we fought all of them and won in the story so let's talk about them a little bit a little a little bit let's talk about them a little bit my main man, the OG Gallus, coming in. Gallus looks like a reject from WWE. <laughs> he really does, actually. <laughs> Just, man, I, I guess it's good. It's, it's a good design because it stands out. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, the sword seems so out of place. Yeah. He looks like he wants to do a suplex, and then he's holding Did, a giant sword. <laughs> didn't he ride in a chair in the store? I don't remember. I feel like he rode in a chair in the when we fought him in the main quest. I do remember him on some sort of a vehicle. Yeah. That was so long ago, though. It's hard to remember. But you are we are getting Galas either way, regardless of his uh, failed attempt at becoming a WWE star. He ended up as the Omicron star for the orders now his tmr is that weapon and it kind of sucks i mean it's good for a three star tmr it's got a hundred it's a, a sword with 130 attack 
and it's two-handed so you'll be able to take advantage of it on like if you don't have for example squall's tmr i think big chopper is a nice replacement um or if you didn't get asterisk stuff like that so i mean it's not amazing but it's a three-star unit so i don't expect much anyway fair enough it is a three-star unit i was coming at it from a perspective like man we have so many two-handed great swords or even one-handed great swords that sometimes do very similar of course you don't get the extra damage and accuracy but no i agree i mean even even among uh untyped great swords we've already have it covered so to speak there's stuff that's similar to this or better than this um this thing's kind of different because it gives you 10 percent extra defense which is really it might as well not even be there because 10 percent is nothing it is nothing but it does come on a uh on a weapon which is decent but again, you're not going to be using a two-handed weapon on somebody who wants defense. You'll likely give them a shield. Yeah. Which is going or, to give you way you more. know, maybe you're running, uh, what's his name? God, I can't think of his name right now. The Noctis' bodyguard. Oh my God, what is his name? <laughs> See, he, ah, he's the bulky guy that doesn't wear a shirt. Why can't I think of his Gladiolus. name right now? Gladiolus, there it is, yeah. So, you know, he might like it. He likes to attack. He, he likes defense. There you go. Perfect for him. Although I doubt it, but... <laughs> no, no, it's really not. Um, Galas's kit, in my opinion, is basically useless. Um, I guess he's a three-star unit and he falls in there. He does a bit of earth damage, but overall, nothing stand out about it. He just generally... He hits people, and that's about it. His kit's pretty much as forgettable as he was as a villain. Which makes me wonder, how did they struggle to fight this guy? Like, well, remember, so that was crap. back when La- before Laswell leveled up. He was still Lasworm back then. Oh, yeah, that's true. And I forgot about the uh, good guy debuff that you get. Like, as soon as you go from evil to the good side, you lose all of your substantial abilities. Overall, Galas, forgettable. His TMR is okay at best. Not the greatest three-star unit. Next, we have... Two units, technically, packaged into one. We have Zololu and Delulu. Actually, I love this unit simply because uh, my my fave, Fisal, has summoned them in the main story. I'm sure it's like, it's never the one you want. And now I can relive that every time a gold crystal drops down. And these guys drop out, I can be like, I can channel my inner Fisalis. That was, that was one of my favorite moments in, in the, the entire, entire game. game. Yeah, yeah, that was... It's, I think it spoke to everyone on a deep level. Like the, She understands what we've been through. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that was the moment where I was like, yeah, this one's my favorite. It was very impressive. I was, I was surprised that Definitely they put that in Definitely one of the best there. scenes in literally the entire game. Easily, hands down, the best scene in the entire game. I think I laughed out loud, genuinely. Yeah, because like, you, you relate to it, right? It's like we all think it when it happens. Or like you exactly. get that rainbow and your sixth ace pops out or something. You're just like, man, it's never the one you want, you know? Yep. But these two, from the Lambda Star and the Mu Star, their TMR is very strange to me. So it's, yeah. giving you, it's giving you 20 attack flat, which I was like, okay. And then the extra 30 attack with a bow is like, okay, cool, 50% attack total. And you read on and you're like, why am I getting spirit? Who in their right mind needs 20% attack 
but then also wants spirit. <laughs> 40% spirit, yeah. But only when know. using a harp. Like, it has to be a harp user. I'm like, this yeah. This doesn't exist. This doesn't make any sense. It's just... I mean, I guess point? if you really wanted to, you could double dip. We do have a one-handed bow, and we do have a one-handed instrument in the game, so... Technically. 50% you, you attack, 50% 40% spirit. <laughs> the tankiest... Uh, uh, the it'd tankiest. be great for the spirit... The monks that use spirit and... But then I don't know if they could even equip those weapons. Probably not. <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, yeah, It's just a really, really weird TMR. I think the, the use is very niche. Um, if you have a bow user... Zolulu and Delulu could use it. Yeah, <laughs> you I guess use so. bows and harps. Yeah. Oh, but you wouldn't really want to use these, these two. And uh, it's because their kit is, again, not the best. Yeah, it's just strange. They are bards, is the only use for them that I can even see, is the uh, full buff, the attack, defense, mag, spirit by 80% for three turns while singing is the only thing, honestly, I could even see people using them for. And that's only if they have nothing better. So many supports in today's day and age give you upwards of like 60% more than this gives you. And you, you're not locked into singing. They also have that uh, fire, lightning, wind, and light in peril, which is not amazing, but, you know, could see some use if you have nothing else. But I agree with you. Otherwise, the, units, it, it, the unit itself just doesn't seem to gel with itself. Like, the bard abilities do not go with the archer abilities. It's just strange. It, it's, I don't know why you would create a unit like this. <laughs> Um, well, I guess it fits the two orders themselves. They weren't very strong overall. No, and but they it would were be nice if, strange. Uh, instead of giving them bard abilities and bow abilities, why not just merge them and have them do like an attack that also buffs, you know, you attack every turn and then you buff your team while you're singing every turn as well. Like, I don't know, just something like that. That might be a little bit more interesting than... Uh, what they did here. But this I mean, you're disjointed right, weird thing. Yeah. yeah, it is a four star, so I don't think anybody really cares. I don't really care yeah. either. It's, no, you know. neither do I. Um, I like to see a little bit of use out of three and four star units, so it's nice that they can buff and they can imperil some elements. So I like them to be useful to some degree. Um, these two are definitely better than Gallus, so I'll give them that. Now, on to our main two units. Um, let's start with everyone's favorite Malboro slash daughter of Sid, Yego. Her character for me is actually one of my favorites because it's so, it, I find it so cool that they made her kind of a master of Malboros. It's nifty. It's kind of fun seeing uh, one of the most menacing and ominous enemies that's ever been been created in final fantasy like every melboro and every final fantasy game is something you don't want to fight almost ever and seeing a character kind of ride them and manipulate them is pretty cool yeah it is it's nice um and she's kind of interesting too as a character because she's going to be one of our first high damage dealing whip users yes i was really surprised to see that that they actually made whips or whip users a spot now like she can actually make use of some of the decent whips in the game or even some of those whip tmrs because it's rare to even have whip tmrs there's a couple of them but 
now we can actually make use of them. Kind of like her own, Whip Expert. This TMR is actually, in it, the stats it gives you are insanely good. Um, it's literally an STMR in a TMR slot because you get 20% MP, 50% attack for having a whip, and then 50% uh, true double hand. <laughs> That's nuts. Um, the only yeah, thing that kind of that holds this back is the fact that whips are there there are very few whip users and Yego is the only one that's actually good in terms of uh high level content she she's the only one that's really going to be dishing out the damage so i think that's why they did it because it's such a rare weapon type that they can go ahead and give it more power it's not like it's going to be you can slap it on your uh xeno and make them even more op or whatever right yeah, exactly. It's amazing for her, and I do like that because as a 5-star, you're going to be equipping her with her own TMR just to get that extra stat buff anyway, so it's nice that it's actually a really, really strong piece of uh, materia. I think they made it this strong because there are no whip TMRs or whip materia. Like There's yeah, two other ones that I can even recall, and and one of them, I think it's whip mastery basically. And then I can't remember the other one or if it even exists. I'm just making that up in my head. But it's so rare to find anything for whips that when you're the old, pretty much the only good TMR for whips, it's going to be amazing. Yep. Her STMR is a whip. It's called Fast Lash. Um, very high attack. It's a two-handed weapon, so it kind of goes well for Yego, um, giving the extra damage range and the accuracy and a, a very high amount of attack. Um, if you are able to get it for her, it'll make her really, really strong. Yeah, I think it's the, the single best whip that she can equip right now. So if you do somehow get four Yegos, it's definitely something you want to throw on her. Definitely. Let's talk about her kit. She does come with the typical status ailments that uh, the capability to do a lot of different status ailments to people, which is expected. Uh, she's a Malboro master. I'll call her a Malboro master. Uh, some instant KO built into her kit, which also does decent amounts of damage, um, high amounts of status ailment potential. But the one thing that I really like that they did with her is that the abilities like Bad Breath, for example, or Bad Breath, um, they do more than just the status ailment. So it's like, okay, if someone's susceptible to the to status ailments, amazing, it works. If not, it still does decent damage. Over time, too, it's like the weird kind of new poison DOT thing they have going on that's not a status, but it does damage. And then they also imperil. So like these abilities are useful regardless of the, well, 90% of the enemies you even use these things on are immune to status so yeah so i do like the the bad breath unlocks uh, a stronger imperil like it's a decent set of imperils on some good elements um to me really she she only has two abilities that are actually worth using and that's get serious her cooldown ability it's available on turn one it has an a turn cooldown it gives her 250 percent attack for six turns and uh, gives her access to triple cast for five turns. 
So you definitely want to lead with this, I feel like, and then you you want to spam your brutal whip as much as possible. That's her absolute mirror of equity chaining ability. It's earth typed, so she can equip untyped weapons. And conveniently, it's it has a 100% five turn earth imperil attached to it. So these kind of these two abilities, along with her limit burst, are probably all you're going to be doing with her if you want to do damage. And that's simply because, like you said, any strong enemy that you're going to want to use Diego on is going to be immune to 90% of statuses. And most of the time it's 100%, but rarely we get something with one or two gaps in there. But yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. The one thing that I do want to add is that I would use Bad Breath. Like she has triple cast. And even if I'm chaining two Brutal Whips... I would still cast one bad breath. And the reason is that six and a half times damage every turn extra just for existing is not a horrible thing to have. Uh, And that's unlocked by her second tier of the bad breath. I think that's worthwhile in a very long drawn out fight because she's going to be doing that extra damage every turn, even when she's after that then triple casting her uh, absolute mirror of equity but when you look at it a fully chained uh, extra brutal whip proc would be something like 28 times right and a three 6.5 times three doesn't even come up to that so i mean that's the only thing it's if more bosses were susceptible to statuses i would say amazing but well over the course of five turns for casting at once, it does 32 and a half times. All right, so I guess you could weave it into your rotations. Only because you have to, you only have to use it once. If it was like a repetitive thing and it only lasted like two turns, I'd say it was complete trash. A cooldown ability called Toxic Whip, which it does decent damage, 16 times multiplier, with a seven times physical damage per turn to other enemies. So... You can kind of mess around with how you want to do it. I think that it is worthwhile to use these um, once, at least the one, the bad breath one, which lasts five turns. You don't have to use it often. You use it once. It lasts you a good amount of turns. You don't have to worry about it. And you're getting that kind of kind of free, almost 32 times damage. And I think the, the last point on, on her that I really want to touch on is... She is, if you max her out at level 120, she is resistant to all status ailments. So she might find a spot on your team just for that. Some trials can be really annoying to gear your units for in terms of status ailments. And Diego comes in um, out the gate with a full-on ribbon built in, which could be really, really nice. I agree with you. She does come with a really nice added benefit of being able to resist every status in the game. Just a note that doesn't include stop and charm, but everything else, all the other pesky ones that you have to kind of gear for typically, she's resistant to. So as far as her damage output goes, um, she's obviously not going to be as good as Xeno. She's not as good as Axtar. She's not as good as uh, Esther. Esther. Um, she's definitely below them. I think she's somewhere around Crimson tier in terms of actual damage output, but I think she got a global buff in her in in the sense that her chaining frames were changed from Pile Driver to Absolute Mirror of Equity, so she does have a place now. Her damage is not horrible, especially uh, if you're fighting something that is weak to Earth. For most trials today, she will still get you through. It's just when you compare her to the meta 
I, I, I'm pretty sure that for the next few unit releases, they're not really going to compare too too well to the three top dogs, but um, she she does good damage. Yeah, I, I think the next set of unit releases are all going to fill in slots to balance out that, like to have the curve be a nice steady incline because it kind of spiked there. Uh, and Yego is definitely one of those units. I do like that she chains with Absolute Mirror of Equity, so if you do have those amazing units, she can pair well with them. I agree with you, probably around Crimson Tear. That's That was a pretty good assessment. The one thing I do really like about her too is that her triple cast is up a lot. Pretty good, honestly. Really solid for damage. And very easy to use. She doesn't take a lot. There's only like two TMRs that you can even get that are specifically for her. So, and they're not rare. If you get Yego, you have one of them. The other one is on a global unit that's a four star. So it, I, I've already had like five of her summoned in the last, since she was released. Very easy to use, decent unit. Yeah, and I mean, she does kind of come with that nice little built-in ribbon, which could see her uh, find a spot in your team during some annoying missions. Exactly. A little bit more on her passives, just really quickly. She does have a lot of equipment attack increase. If you're using her TMR, you're looking at about 150% just from her passives as well as her TMR being equipped, and then some decent killers for demons and plants as well. So if you are fighting demons and plants, she's going to do really, really good damage as well. So that's Yego. Pretty good unit. Very Earth-centric overall. On to the, in my opinion, more you more unique type of unit, our hybrid damage dealer, Nagi. Yeah, Nagi is pretty cool. Um, I didn't think she would be a five star based on her strength in the actual story, but it turns out she is a five star. I guess she's not Omicron star level, so automatically that makes her five star. Yeah, exactly. She's not like the joke character. She's much stronger than joke characters, but... It, I agree with you. I kind of was expecting her to be a five-star on release, but I guess giving her... I don't follow JP, so I'm sure people knew she was a five-star. Overall, she seems pretty good as a hybrid damage dealer for today's meta. Yeah, to me, she comes she comes in with some interesting new gear for us. Uh, the Black Fox Shapeshifter Mask, her TMR, is a weaker version of Carlet's STMR, but it's still very, very good. So if, you, if you're if you not a super whale that can get STMRs regularly, I think your hybrid units would love something like this. 40 attack, 40 mag on a, on a hat is <clears throat> actually really, really good. Yeah, it's really strong for a TMR. Her STMR also, I think, is pretty fantastic for hybrid damage units. I think it's fantastic on her right now. Um, our other hybrid damage units are true double hand users, so they won't be able to take advantage of that really nice uh, 50% attack mag buff when dual wielding. But who knows what the future has in store. I know Global seems to love their hybrid exclusives. You know, we have Felix, we've had the Fraavias, um, all units that when they were released were actually very, very good. So this STMR as well might come in really handy down the road for some units. So you mentioned that you think it's really good for her. I actually think it's completely useless on her. Why do you say that? She has dual wield built in, and she's already hit the equipment attack uh, for dual wielding. She already hits the current cap, so 
She can't really use this. <laughs> Does she hit it passively though? Yeah, with her TMR equipped. I only it's a hundred percent. The 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 cap oh, is hundred so, percent yeah. for her right now. Yeah, because I think Zeno is the thinking, only one who breaks yeah. it. I was thinking they raise the cap for everybody to two hundred, but that's down the road. Yeah. yeah, when that when You're that right. does come out, it's gonna be amazing on her. Yeah, just currently in like right now, it's completely useless on her. She already has dual wield. She already hits the cap. It's like yeah, weird well, I mean, that this exists. It is kind of weird, but the the nice thing is, um, it's fifty percent magical dual wield as well. So you could even before they raise the cap, you could still use it a little bit. But you're right. Um, right now, for her, that would take her over the cap for her attack dual wield. Yes, exactly. Well, we've kind of discussed her passives, her TMRs, her STMRs. Let's talk a little bit about her kit. One of the things that interested me the most when I saw it was the amount of chaining partners she has. So she has Divine Ruination, very common, very easy to use chaining family. And then she also has Graviton Cannon, which is comparatively new, and then Oriole Ray as well, which Esther, one of the best damage units in the game right now, like in those top three, I guess, uh, has Oriole Ray chaining on her limit burst. So you can kind of use Nagi here to chain with her Esther if you have her. Yeah, I mean... I do like her array of, of chaining partners. I love her imperils. They're very easy to access and they're very high. 100% for both light and dark. And then her cooldown ability, clad in power, will also give you 100% imperils for ice, wind, light, and dark damage. Um, Graviton Cannon, her, her other chaining family, is kind of niche. I, who has it? I want to say Telesperus, Felix, Maria, and now Nagi. Yeah, so it, it's still a very small family. If you do have the Graviton Cannon family, I guess it's an option for you, but it's one of her weaker abilities, unfortunately. You're more likely going to either be using her Oriole Ray chains or her uh, Divine Ruination chains that do come with some very nice modifiers. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And both of those abilities come with decent... Uh, sorry, her Divine Ruination chaining abilities come with decent imperils, so you have more use for those even if you're not chaining compared to Graviton Cannon uh, than her Graviton Cannon ability because it doesn't really do much else besides the damage. Yeah, unfortunately Graviton Cannon, her, it's called Dying Flora. It was, I think the damage on it was taken back a little bit because it does inflict some statuses which is unfortunate because statuses like we mentioned earlier are not so hot right now in this game um ffb really hates status users i like her i think nagi is still really good unfortunately the top of the top no longer use divine ruination but it is a big enough chaining family that she would find partners pretty easily regardless. Yeah, um, the nice thing about her kit, just having Oriole Ray is nice because all three slash four of the top DPS units do have a way to chain with that. So she can be pretty useful at times. Um, I, again, I find Nagi just the same as Yego. I think both of them are just very easy to use. And I think that's kind of the allure to them at all for me is that they're kind of self-sufficient or they're like very versatile in the partners they can have depending like Yego is self-sufficient in my opinion 
and has absolute tranquility like a lot of people have that and then nagi has a lot of them they they're passives and like their kits make them very easy to use for most people it doesn't take a lot to get them going yeah i can see that i they do definitely come with a lot of passive stats so it's very easy to gear them but you're not going to be seeing the same level of damage out of nagi or ego as you do um out of the top three right now i think nagi sits somewhere around uh felix which is not bad because he's i think he's either the best or one of the best hybrid chainers currently available so she's definitely up there in terms of hybrid damage yeah i i'd agree with that i mean it's really tough for hybrid units in general because they do have to draw on two different stats and oftentimes it can be difficult to get those stats as high as possible, which is why I think Nagi does really well because of her passives. She has a lot kind of just passively in her kit. Again, not as good as the top three, but as a hybrid damage dealer, like you said, she's pretty much up there. I mean, very close to the top of the hybrid damage pool. Yeah, she does respectable damage. Overall, both Nagi and Yago are decent units, I feel like most people who are going to pull on them are either going to be pulling for TMRs or STMRs, depending on which unit. And then they might also be pulling for collection's sake. A lot of people do that. I know a few people who are interested in these units literally because they want to complete FFBE story team or like a, a team of the, what are they called? A team filled with just the orders in them people like to do these kind of themed different teams so i feel like that's the only reason people are really going to pull on these neither of them really breaks any meta things neither of them does anything particularly amazing compared to some other you know what i mean like they're very they're very i don't even know what i'm trying to say they're like in the middle yeah they don't push the boundaries of of the meta they they just kind of drop in there they do bring some interesting stuff in their kits, but they don't they don't change the way the game is played significantly enough to make them must pulls. Exactly. But overall, both of the five star units are decent, which is nice. So if you are getting either of them, I wouldn't be too upset, honestly, getting either Nagi or Yego. Overall a decent banner, which we should probably talk about what their step up banners look like, Mini. Both Nagi and Yego are getting their own step up with raid ups for only themselves on that step up banner. They're very inexpensive. It's a 12k step up with huge raid ups on the final step for for the five star units. 12k for a guaranteed five star is pretty good with a significant chance of getting Nagi or Yego. It's not bad value overall. If you are going for these units, definitely a decent price for this type of a step up but there's no guarantees that you're going to get either of them so pull wisely i'd say and there is these step ups do bring something new to the table so on step four you get a piece of equipment that is good to use with the featured five star unit of that step up so i i can see they're definitely gearing these step ups a little bit more towards newer players who maybe wouldn't have the right gear for for these units right off the bat so it's it's a nice little change i guess yeah i'd agree with that only weird thing is is that 
there's no guarantee you're gonna get these units so it's really funny to have a piece of equipment that yeah. really is only significantly good on yeah. the on the unit so it's interesting i like it better than just putting some random like step four having an extra four star guarantee or whatever you know what i mean at least you're getting something of substance uh it's i think better than what we've seen in the past yeah i guess it depends on where you are in the game because for a lot of players they they really won't care too much about these but there there's definitely players that maybe don't have access to a lot of good whips or stuff like that that might like it yeah exactly so that's the banner featuring our first full set of orders on the banner we've had heo and we've also had xeno individually on a banner this one comes with four different orders you can get of all various shapes and sizes i'm interested to see the future orders come out as units as well that'll be very exciting to see but as it stands right now i think that brings us pretty much to the end of the content for this week yep so many as per tradition on this show what was your takeaway it looks like that we're going back into how things used to be so we had a couple weeks of some bombshell units dropping that kind of broke the meta in terms of damage and now we're sort of scaling back to just getting normal units again yeah i i was actually on the same thought process as you and this kind of fits my theory that i think they were releasing some bombshell meta breaking units for global to kind of get the hype back in um there was a long stretch of just like different things going on some some people upset some people happy etc so i think that getting a few really amazing units that are global exclusives kind of brings the hype back to the global version of the game and now going back to their traditional style of a steady uh increasing power creep is nice like filling these gaps between for example xeno axtar and esther and then the next unit below them, it's going to be nice to see like a nice steady uh, release of units that'll fit in between them. Yeah, I mean, we'll see where where they take this. I think we're in for a, a small period of quietude, I guess. I, I don't I don't know if they're going to drop anything too insane in the coming weeks or months. I think we're still expecting Roberta at some point, who's kind of the, the sort of Sid counterpart in terms of finishers. She's mm -hmm. obviously going to be, I think, a little bit better than Sid. Um, we'll see what happens down the road. Because I think even her, with uh, how powerful Zeno and Esther actually are, unless she gets some significant buffs, I doubt there will even be that much hype around her, unless there's people that actually love her. Yeah, we'll see how they do it. You never know with global upgrades and different things like that and various buffs. You never, you never know what could be coming. What about you? What's your takeaway for this week? My new and improved takeaway for this episode is that you actually put some thought into your takeaway, and that was substantial for me. I'm very, I was very impressed that you were like, wow, this is an actual like aspect of our episode that makes sense and is valuable. What do you mean? Well, like normally you just say whatever. You're like, my takeaway is that Yego is flying on the Nimbus cloud from Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, you know, I, I thought I'd change it up a bit. Maybe provide some some useful thoughts for a change. <laughs> Rather than just verbal diarrheaing, whatever's in my mind. <laughs> yeah, and you definitely did that. And so that was my take. My takeaway was that you, you 
knocked it out of the park with your feedback for the episode. Speaking of feedback, we'd love to hear yours. Let us know what you think of the show by dropping a rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. That'd be fantastic. Or just hitting us up on Twitter or whatever social media you have us on and just being like, hey. Yeah, definitely. We'd love to hear from you, um, whether it's uh, constructive criticism or, you know, just to say hi, definitely drop us a line, a comment, whatever you like. And with that, it's time to end the show for this week. I would like to formally apologize with the lateness. I was outside of, I did not have access to a computer for the whole weekend, and therefore we could not record. So it's coming out a little later than normal, and I hope you'll forgive us, but we'll be back onto our normal schedule in the coming weeks. Anyways, guys, we appreciate you listening. Thank you, as always, for tuning in, and we will catch you in the next episode. Peace. All right, see you next week.